Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein and a special guest, Haloa Levy. Today we will continue in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, or Peter as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with 49 years of experience. We're almost to 50. Almost. Almost. Helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. That's true. Really what we specialize in recovery from trauma, and uh, I want to put that in there, and we consult and, and have training. So um, we've been doing it a long time, and I'm, we, I have a staff of folks that are very gifted and talented too, and one of them's right here today. Hello, Alivi. Hello. She's been Hi. here for a few years herself. <laughs> and she's been actually here once before. Here before, yes, and she's been with us for a lot longer than that. A lot longer than that. Yep, and she's got her own uh, post and blog site now for the Bernstein Institute, and it's drawing a lot of really sweet, good attention. uh, Attention, and she deserves it because it's so beautifully done. And she speaks from the heart, from experience and wisdom. Um, She is a woman who knows what surviving. (laughs) <laughs> and growing and developing through adversity means her life isn't just easy now and yet she's thriving she's at the top of her game i can assure you it never has been easy <laughs> no but you've never been at the top of your game like this <laughs> she is she's very she's she she's afraid that if we tell her too much it'll go to her head and she'll be but it won't she's old enough to know that and she knows how to handle it but anyway she's here today because she's got a lot to say um, we love her new posts, and we recommend that you take a look at them on Facebook under the Bernstein Institute. Bernstein Institute, that's right. <coughs> Excuse me. And let me just kind of lead into what we're going to do today. Um, she runs the show. Right I, I, I just do it subtly. I'm the boss, but she runs everything. <laughs> so, um, and a good our, job, too. Our series uh, lately has included a lot of work uh, for caregivers and caregiving. And um, Haloa is uh, a caregiver as well as also contributes other very important, valuable services to the Institute. Uh, today, the kind of the way we're going to uh, approach caregiving is the kind of caregiving within a family or for a loved one. Um, the, the issues we're going to talk about today are the ones that come up when there are challenges in the area of caring for someone you love. This is not so much today as a professional, um, although we will touch on that, Uh, but mostly, as if any of you have been kind of listening in on some of the discussions we've had, uh, you'll know that Peter is strongly in favor of not running away from these type of challenges. (laughs) If you're called on for someone you love, someone in your family, someone you care for deeply, to care, to give of yourself, to play that role, not play, but take on that role in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Don't run, you'll regret it. Uh, we've had other, another guest, Mimi, we love Mimi, and she's more willing to say there can be things that happen. Um, let's not 
be harsh in our criticism, and Peter agrees with that. I'm not saying he feels that way. Not all the time. But there are things that people have to deal with to be able to get to the point where they can then start to care, and, and if they can get there, they will have less regrets. Um, mm -hmm. What we're talking about today is that process. Hmm. How do you overcome a, a, a struggle to go ahead and care for someone when there's some complicating factors involved. Um, Haloa has posted recently on Facebook some of the challenges that she's worked through and we'll get to them. Um, and I don't think we ought to dive just right into that. I just want to kind of give you an idea of where we're going today. Mm. And so um, let's start, um, Haloa, by would you let us know kind of what prompted you to start your Facebook series? Um, what What is it you, you hope to accomplish? What would you like to communicate to people? What is it that you would like to see happen? Well, I, I really would love to be able to um, talk about some of the experiences that I've had um, in life and how I have been able to kind of work through them as a result of very, very good mentoring um, and coaching from Peter, uh, but also just being willing to go into the struggle and really kind of work it through. Uh, I have made some big, big, big mistakes and learned from them and um, actually grown from them as a result. Um, you mentioned people who cannot you know, face the struggle, the pain of caring for one of their own in the family. And I certainly had that full board in my face when my mother was very, very ill. So before, before you go too far into it, basically, Hello is telling us today, she's the reason she's here, and it, and it, it dovetails and certainly know what you're leading us to, is she was one of those people that would run away. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's cost her dearly. She's a, she's a wonderful communicator and proponent to those that are running away to try to let them know how much regret and remorse and damage that they could do to themselves and others if they do it. I want to add one thing, and you're right, we're going to talk about the family today. I, had a, I don't want to leave first responders out because they too run into this. And I was talking to one that was uh, at our church yesterday, Tony, and he was telling me, it happens... Believe me, it happens with first responders too, mm -hmm. where they they do a lot of things to begin to run away. Not everybody. I'm talking when they do, mm -hmm. and they cause a lot of trouble and difficulty. Um, and he was talking to me about that. it. Shows up there too. Most of the folks there aren't like that. Um, Tony was referring to me though that the people that really are good at it have a heart. They have that empathic, not just the knowledge and training, but that empathic heart to engage, to give, to care. And I was explaining to him about what we do here and how important it is for first responders as well as all kinds of caregivers. There's such a similarity of heart, mm -hmm. um, uh, how to take care of themselves and how important that is. And I, the one thing I did want to, and I did emphasize to Tony was, I find that the heart of caregivers that are home caregivers, family caregivers, first responders, there's a strong similarity in all of them. And they have this empathic, caring way about them mm -hmm. um, 
the other, but there are variations. First responders are much tougher on the outside. Their armor is tougher. And they're up against much, much, I wouldn't say more difficult, but overwhelming, overpowering situations. Oh, yeah. But as Hello will attest to today, so do home family caregivers, too. They do. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember when you, you said when you were talking with Tony that um, you're, you're saying that often what's happening for these care, these first responders is that they're, they're approaching or in burnout. When yeah. they are, are having, a, having a hard time coming and, and connecting and doing the job that they've agreed to do. Well, they absorb so much, you know, and um, they may not, they're, they're more macho, and the women are too, not just the men. So they don't want to admit it until they're at a, at a breaking point. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to some friends of mine who are caregivers, I, I, I first responders, and they do certain things that are very important. They now learn to debrief after a very mm -hmm. traumatic time, which is important, but we're mm -hmm. dealing with something much bigger. We're looking at, well, how do you create a stable force of first responders and caregivers and, and teams? So we, we put a lot of energy into creating stability, growth, and development, even under the impact and effect of what happens to all of us. And that is, after a while, we reach a point where we're going to run into things we can't do anything about. It's so overpowering and, um, and, and over overwhelming and traumatic. Mm. If you're a first responder, mm. if you're a home caregiver and dealing with someone who's, you know, dying and uh, are very sick, we reach a point that there's nothing more we can do. And yeah. that's the hard part because yeah. it throws us back on ourselves. And when that happens, it breaks us down to our very core. And if we don't know how to deal with the distress that we carry inside of us, that's when trouble begins. If we're disconnected from our emotions, if we don't know how to read our bodies in a way it carries mm -hmm. the distress, mm -hmm. um, things begin to happen. Mm -hmm. And some people who weren't runners begin to want to run away and quit. Mm -hmm. Others cause a lot of conflict within the team. Other people become less reliable and dependable. There's lots of variations, but um, what we're talking about here is how to prevent that. And I think we have a wonderful guest here in one regard because she's talking from experience. I can't talk from that because I don't do it. I don't run away. I'm always <laughs> the other one that goes the other way. So when I see somebody do it, my reaction is not that empathetic. It's like mine is like, where are you going? You need, we need you. And it's not that pathetic. And as hello, we'll tell you later. Well, Peter does come to a point where he goes, "You, you gotta do this. Stop. <laughs> this is it. This is it. That's it. You have to go do it the other way." And Jenny has experienced that too. It, it can work out for the best. Um, but hello is somebody who's really understands the experience deeply. No, oh, I lived it. <laughs> she lived it, and she's a, she's a woman. I know mm. she looks lovely, but she's been around a while. And she's got a lot of experience now and wisdom. And she's at the top of her game. And she's 80 years old. Yes, everybody. I get just <laughs> turned 80. And you know what? It's the best thing in the world that ever happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really have to say there's been, it's been kind of a nice For you, it's been awakening. Yeah. yeah. Really. Why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit, now that we set that up, Telling us a little bit. We have two minutes to break. Can we start it? I think so. A little do you bit. want to start or do you want to take a break and then really come back and get into it? Um, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's do the break. Yeah. You want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. Yeah. 
We're taking a break, folks. Yep, you said. I'm now you can see who runs the show. It ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We will be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson, and I'm here today with Peter, of course, and I'm also here with Haloa Levy, our guest. And our topic today is not running from the challenge of caring for someone. Uh, could be a loved one, a family member. It could also be a professional role as a first responder. Uh, what gets in the way? What creates the feeling that we are not equipped to handle a caregiving situation or unwilling to take it on. Um, Haloa is here because she's been recently writing on this topic for the Bernstein Institute Facebook page mm. and has uh, some experience and some history that she's here to share with us in generously. She is so generous to do this for us. Mm. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I have to say that there is still a little pain there. You know, when I when I wrote that post for Facebook, I could feel the I could feel the sadness and the pain. Uh, you know, as I was writing it, because it's a it's a regret that stays with you. Uh, but to go back to kind of what causes a person to really sort mm -hmm. of resist and to just kind of I can remember really digging my feet in and uh, just not wanting to give in to this um, attitude uh, and stubbornness that that I had and I had family members just pleading and I almost felt myself go even deeper into my resistance um, just because I, I just felt that there was a there was a grudge I was holding, there was anger that I felt, um, and I didn't I didn't want to give in until and, and believe me, every time I would talk to my mother on the telephone, and every time I talked to her, I could feel how sad I felt about all of this. So I was not, this was a, a real battle going on inside of me. And it wasn't until actually, um, I remember Peter, Peter just saying, hey, you go, you go now, because you, if you don't, you're going to be so sorry. And it was really right at the very end of my mother's struggle with cancer. And um, she was she was going to die. So uh, I flew down, and I was able to see her before she died. Uh, thank goodness. I was able to talk to her. I was able to touch her. And... Um, I can remember standing there as I was just talking to her and feeling this sensation of of everything just kind of melting away. 
because all I saw was this person who was extremely vulnerable and fragile and right at the end of her life. And uh, it took that for me to realize that there was no reason for me to hang on to this resistance any longer. And... um, can I ask you to back up a little bit um, and give us a picture of what your relationship was with your mom before all this took place? What kind a little of, bit, I think so. There's a lot, not a lot there. but just yeah. generally. I mean, was it a had up to that point had it been a warm, loving, great relationship, or was no. there some trouble? There was trouble. There was trouble that had really started very early in my life, and and. Um, a lot of um, a lot of expectations, but a lot of living through me um, that that were that was just not appropriate. Um, well, is it okay to say that, that you were raised in a cult? I was raised in a cult, mm-hmm. which was extremely um, uh, strange, really, um, and. Um, my mother, my father were both very, very heavy believers in it. My mother became one of the big teachers in it. And of course, she wanted to teach me. And she was constantly, you know, almost hammering on me. Um, I was well, brainwashed. Brainwashed. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was definitely brainwashed. Yeah. And, and uh, it's also taken a form of emotional abuse. It's very serious. Yeah, it is. Sure. Uh, it definitely left me very emotionally uh, troubled, very troubled. So this this really kind of set up the stage for my not feeling terribly good about her. Um, and um, let it, me let me just stop for a moment. Um, I know that we have talked, uh, Peter and I, and other guests have talked. Uh, frequently about for caregivers how often there will be some history of trauma that um, the, an empathetic an empathic person who cares who does feel with people mm-hmm. and wants to be caregiver in some kind of role caregiver first responder uh, health care professional uh, will often have a past with some trouble and pain and trauma in it, mm-hmm. and what a liability this past becomes as they go into this role in their adult life or in their life. Well, initially it looks like it could be a liability for sure, but we talk about how that liability can be turned into something more meaningful and purposeful, and I think Kolo is a, is a testimonial to that. Yeah, um, that happened. But I, I think one of the things that I just wanted to kind of Lay, lay out and the hello continue is that we deal with a lot of people it's not that they don't have reason to be angry and holding grudges and bitternesses from their past um, certainly there's no forgiveness that's for sure mm. um, but there's a reason it's a, I mean if you put it in a sort of original context you can understand why a person many times is so angry and begrudging mm-hmm. so really it blocks out dealing with things in the present that are much more Demanding in the sense of, hey, here's a person who's dying. They're vulnerable. They're broken. It's not part of the past anymore. It's You have to come into the present for your own good and theirs 
and begin to 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 heal. And this is a great opportunity. And take the higher road. And take the higher road. It's not always easy. We're not saying, well, there was no reason for Hloa not to be angry. She wasn't crazy. Um, she had been abused in many ways. Not physically, but definitely emotionally and psychologically. Seriously so. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying, oh, Hloa didn't have any reason. It's just that it blocked her being doing the decent right thing in the present Mm -hmm. she couldn't even get past her grudges and her anger and her stubbornness Mm -hmm. and as she said i remember she would dig her heels in even worse if you put it and i remember respecting that till we finally got to the point i remember going she heard her mom is right at the end am i Mm -hmm. right and she still didn't get through i had to that's when it was no more running it's and i remember this is my style of mentoring you gotta go now Mm-hmm. Or you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. She, she, I'm glad she listened. Um, I've seen people hold on to that particular thing for decades, and really cause damage that isn't from the past. It's their grudge, their anger, and resistance has caused them to do damage now. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's not the past that's responsible anymore. It's the person holding the grudge who's actually doing rejecting things, ang- abandoning things, unresponsive things. And they do it, yeah, at one point they had a, they had good reason. But if you really look at the big picture, yeah, it's they're doing the damage themselves. Most of the time what we've seen is that they will regret it. They will come to a point, a breaking point, where the person they've held a grudge has died, so there's no time, there's no way of, of, of coming to any reconciliation of any kind. Um, they'll feel regret, they'll feel remorse because there is this realization of, wait a minute, I'm the one who's lost out here because mm-hmm. I never was willing to take the higher road and do what's right. And the anger and the bitterness is the thing that, and it's also poison. It's like living. A, on a diet of poison. Yeah, that's what I was... It is so destructive. Yeah. And um, I've seen people who have grown in so many areas of their life, except one or two, and this is the one, and I'm telling you, it's, it's you watch them and it's just seeing them poisoned over and over again, and they're doing it to themselves. Oh, I know. It's very hard. I was on that road. That's, that's right. right. And right. this is re- Hello's value, because I can go to Hello and I go, we need to try to get through to this person if you could find a way to communicate from your experience to turn them around before they go any further because it's gone on so long and the damage is getting so intense. Mm. And if, if we could reach these people sooner and they could turn it around before it's too late, mm-hmm. that's been a big, a big emphasis for us. Now, I'm not saying we're always successful, but Hello is a great communicator about this. She really is. Mm. And that's why she's here today. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't come from me. It would come from Haloa. Mm-hmm. And she works with us very closely at our institute. She's a very intrinsic part of our teamwork. She's a caregiver for my wife, who mm-hmm. she loves. And she'll tell you a little bit about that, I'm sure, because even when Linda was deteriorating, she was still a substantial person to deal with. And Haloa got her come up and. <laughs> by, by Lynn, my yeah, yeah, I, yeah maybe you'll learn I was I was just going to say because I'd I'd like to actually talk about the the process of of sort of turning around um, and beginning to realize that I had it in me to care and to be able to love and 
Um, I'll never forget Peter <laughs> one night, and this was when we had first started to care for Lynn because we knew that she needed regular care. Yeah. And Peter's walking upstairs to the second floor, and he looks down and he says, Well, you're a caregiver now. And I remember saying, Well, it's not the field that I would have chosen, but that's what <laughs> that's what I've been called to do. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, I was willing to do it, but I my heart wasn't in it. I I definitely knew that there was something that was missing, and so I have to tell you a funny story. <laughs> Lynn, who is so perceptive and so um, intuitive, yes, and here she is blind. And you know can't can't always speak as well as she would like to be able to speak. Um, but I'm in there one day taking care of her, and I'm doing this and that, and kind of going through the motions. That's that was that was my way of of performing. And all of a sudden, Lynn just looks at me. And even though she knows I'm right in front of her, but she can't really see me, but she looks at me and she says, you're a phony. (laughs) I heard it, too. I was in the next room. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) And I'll tell you, that just shot through me. That's a very accurate description right there. That's how it sounded. (laughs) I... And it took me back, and I, you know, at first, I didn't know what to say, and <laughs> so we're getting a two-minute warning don't, don't here. Don't worry about that. Your story is better. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was the beginning of my realizing I had some real work to do, that I needed to really start making connection with Lynn in a different way. And, uh, boy, I can say I did it. Yay. Oh, you do it. I did oh, it. Yes. I really just love what I do. And you are great yeah. at it, too, and I'm so grateful. But, yes, and you know, with the kind of illness Lynn has, her intuitive abilities are that rare. She always was very intuitive. actually getting much and much more strong for her, yeah. yes. Yeah, and, you know, even in her debilitating and deteriorating situation, she has made such an impact on so many people. Oh. And um, hello is one of the more dramatic, well, there's been others, but hello has been dramatic. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I remember is that hello is very um, performance-oriented, but there's an anger there. <laughs> and um, it wasn't, when you're dealing with sick people, caregiving people, being caring, they need love. They need nurturing. They need caring. They need that. They need to know the relationship is sweet and caring and and secure um, because they can't do it themselves anymore. In the c- disease that Lynn has, the intuitive abilities are still intact. And if they don't have that, they're going to respond to yeah. anger. Or you're just performing and you really don't care very much. And they're not going to go for it. Yeah. At some point, they can't even express that anymore. And they'll deteriorate behind it. It's mm-hmm. so severe. Well, Hello got a confrontation that really changed Loa's life. Oh, it did. Boy. She, she used it to turn herself around. And she's, well, she's oh, one I of those. Had to. Oh, I Loa's had to. one of those people that does <laughs> she that. She did. You bet. Yeah. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break.
Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson, and I'm here today with Peter and with our guest, Haloa Levy. In our last segment, Haloa was sharing um, her experiences um, as a caregiver, uh, called to be a caregiver, and the challenges that she needed to overcome that did have to do with a, a painful past. And she has been sharing those details with us. Right. Um, I don't think I'll repeat everything that you no, said. No, no, no. Um, but where we were closing, uh, we were talking about uh, kind of a wake-up call that you got uh, <laughs> from Lynn, who you were caring for. And you love Lynn. Mm-hmm. You've loved her from the start. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you found, uh, Lynn found, uh, that you were kind of performing. Mm-hmm. Well, her de- Hello's deliverance was a very rigid Mm-hmm. performance oriented not a loving feeling although she did care for that but no that didn't come across today my god it's just the room is filled with that kind of caring and love i'd like to frame this a little bit in the sense of one thing that hello is demonstrating and talking about today and that as a caregiver when you're giving to someone who's dying or who's ill or you're a first responder and you're dealing with such overwhelming situations there is a point where you all are thrown back on ourselves. And what that means is it breaks us down. We're at that point of being broken down. It happens to all of us, either from emotional exhaustion and fatigue, uh, from giving so much, and really you can't expect to receive a lot from folks that are in bad shape or the situation so devastating. Um, we're the givers. Well, one of the things that happens is if we're carrying... Um, attitudes and we're carrying burdens it's going to rise to the surface and it's going to be exposed we've been called in in caregiving situations where we knew the caregiver had to get out of there right away they were burned out they were angry they were resentful and they were doing damage and we've been called in as consultants on situations like that so we know it's true that doesn't mean these caregivers started badly they just didn't have the resilience they also didn't have what Haloa has now at, you look at that cross what do you call it at a crossroads and she was doing all the right things and working so hard i remember and i remember lynn didn't like her and didn't like what she was doing and didn't Mm. i don't know if she didn't want her there i don't really remember any of that she didn't like she she didn't like having me around okay 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 so but the point was hello it was broken and lynn broke her Mm-hmm. Um, but Haloa was ready to be broken, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things is that we're talking about people who run away. We're talking about people that aren't resilient many times and how they handle being broken, which can be very destructive, drinking drugs, suicide, broken marriages, health issues. We've seen it all. Or we've seen a lot of it. I don't know if we've seen it all. But here's somebody that w- fits our model that, that didn't happen with her. It wasn't painless it was tough on top of everything else but she could embrace and hear the truth and do something about it in real sincere terms in the kind of work we do and particularly as a caregiver you have to there's got to be a genuineness there's got to be a sincerity to your work and Mm -hmm. your presence Mm -hmm. and if it's not there it's troublesome but what we're hearing is that hello embraced somehow much more deeply that that was what was happening there's a reason, too, Peter, because I grew up um, kind of selfish within myself and, and never really knew how to love. 
um, I, um, and I knew I was aware of that. I could feel it, mm-hmm. and it was something that I wanted uh, to be able to feel mm-hmm. more. So that, with Lynn's comment, really sort of launched me into coming a little more um, up against all the things that were lacking in me and and really having to kind of work at n- being a little more loving, responsive, well, it's, it's, okay. connecting. Not a little. Dramatic. Well. Dramatic, hello. You're just being, you're being modest. Okay. It was dramatic. You see, I'm sitting here listening to Loa, and we know her. Yeah. And she's telling the truth. She is. I am telling you, I've seen enough people get that kind of challenge out of the situation. And you know where they are? It's bye-bye. They're gone. They're gone. They're mad. Yeah. They blame everybody else. Yeah. And they just, and they'll justify, I've seen it, that why should I stay, yada, yada, and it's her fault, it's this one's fault, it's, if, and you know, they never change, and they don't, they're not resilient, they just are, people don't, are hiding from the truth. That is not Haloa. No. No. She has an integrity. Well, now, she, she really does. does. Yes. And um, as far as her yeah. saying she was kind of um, selfish, that's not true. She was extremely <laughs> selfish and self-involved. We're going way back. You're now. looking at someone who was really like that. So um, that, that's why this is so dramatic. Yeah. To sit with someone who's so heartfelt, has such integrity and in action, in delivery, yes. not just. And she's also a very good communicator. Mm-hmm. But you know, she said to, she said something. I didn't know what she didn't know what love was, but she, somewhere in her, she was always she hoping wanted, for that and yeah. the acknowledgement. Yeah. Well, you know, doing this kind of work makes you wake up to your entire life and go, geez, it's not what I thought it was. It's oh, not it's every- very confrontive. It's very confrontive <laughs> because when you do what Haloa does, it's so genuine. She is so genuine. The work demands that. Um, and it's so heartfelt. It should be. Yeah. We're watching someone so ill fading away. And it's so distressing. And Haloa is right there. Well, it's so important for me, I know it's so important to come in and really be connected yes. with Lynn mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and not in a way that's just doing the job, mm-hmm. but in a way that is really letting her know that I, and this is how I feel, that I really care. And I think everybody on the team oh, is like this. Oh, well, it's yeah. a very, I mean, yeah. I see it with with Jenny, with Kelly, with Maritha, um, Colleen. and Colleen. Yeah. 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 So you've this. you've actually had two experiences of this. The first one with your mother, you were, as Peter said, um, broken, uh, or at least confronted with. Uh, this broken relationship that you had with her and what were you going to do about it? Would you respond? And for quite a while you didn't. Mm -hmm. Now with Lynn, you were confronted about Mm -hmm. how your relationship with her needed to change and that time you took up the challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just wondering, what can you say about what has, what changed for you? What, what, how have you grown since that time? Oh boy. That's a big one. Um, I really, uh, I like myself. <laughs> I c- didn't 
I did not like myself. She's not saying that egotistically. No. no. And no, I don't mean it in an egotistical way. Um, I, I never felt that good about myself uh, before because I knew there was so much lacking in me. In, and I was a phony. Lynn was absolutely right. Absolute phony, uh, doing a lot of performing, performing. and um, it, it. What's happened, and I, I just treasure this, is the my willingness to kind of make these changes has opened up and given me a freedom that I never felt before to just absolutely, I feel like enveloping. I'm, I'm just openly loving people. My relationship with, you know, family has changed completely. Um, my relationship with all of the, you know, people I work with has changed. Um, it's... A lovely, lovely feeling. I can walk through a store and be grocery shopping and see somebody with a nice warm smile and I just feel a, a warmth towards them. Uh, I've had conversations with you know, various women in the store and, and we, we can have these wonderful little conversations and I can just end up sort of feeling a real love and warmth for that person for that little minute that we've talked and um so the changes you like people you you yeah like yeah. people less judgmental yeah. um more comfortable with myself this is something i always wanted more fulfilling more fulfilling uh, absolutely okay now to fill in a gap there um which Ella hasn't talked about, and that is the regret and remorse that she's lived with mm -hmm. about her mother and father for a long time, even though in some ways she did some healing with her mom right at the end. Hello has carried a great deal of grief and pain over what she didn't do. Mm -hmm. And she's felt terrible about the damage that she caused. And um, it's very hard to like yourself when you know you've done damage that mm -hmm. has hurt other people. Mm -hmm. And when you reach that point where you, you stop blaming others for what they've done to you and realize you've done damage. And, and hurt many people. And hurt many people. And I think Hello has been clear about how difficult the process this has been for so long. The, the, what makes Hello such a great communicator is she does talk to people who want to do the negative things, who want to do what she did. Um, and she kind of, in a caring, empathetic way, warns them about the consequences of doing it. Now, she hasn't always been successful. This isn't her. No. She hasn't been successful because a lot of people in that state don't want to hear a thing. Mm. They feel justified in the way they're acting, oh, yeah. one way or the other, for lots of different reasons. Hello has been there, and I've seen her do it more than enough times to to compassionately let them know the damage they are doing and the price they're going to pay for what they've done. Mm. Um, and she's been r open, heartfelt, personal, wise, um, and in pain herself about it and, and saying, look, I've been there. I know what you're doing. 
and I'm warning you, this is what's going to happen if you keep this up. And it's you're going to regret this. Never mind liking yourself. You're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I, I think Aloha's communication is so personal and wise. So Aloha's been through the whole process. It's not like she made jumps. It was almost like she's gone through the regret and the pain and understanding she, by holding grudges for so long, did damage herself. Mm -hmm. And she hurt people that needed her to love them and needed her to care and to forgive and she wasn't forgiving. Mm -hmm. She knows the pain that she's caused. Mm -hmm. That could, itself can destroy somebody. Hello, it wasn't destroyed. There was a, 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 a this is where the spiritual side of things come in. Yeah. Hello, um, uh, this, you take these kinds of experiences, they can be used for good because there's a purpose to that. Now, it, it doesn't mean I've seen this so many times. If we had a choice to do the good thing or the bad thing, mm -hmm. and, and you could do the good thing, you want to do that. You, most of the time, I, I want to do that. But here's one of the things that happens um, that strikes. I don't know if I just said that in a good way or not. But sometimes we do bad things, and good can come out of it. And we've seen that yeah. so many times. We've talked about it on the show yeah. yes. how there is hope. Yes. And even though you go through these things and nobody can say you're doing good or it's going to have good consequences, there's a greater purpose to it all. And it, it's amazing how once we go through this and come to an honest place like Laura is, to be able to come alongside someone else after we've been encouraged and supported, um, it's, in, it's even in the Bible, to be honest with you. Um, and it speaks so beautifully of that that we'll be able to come alongside others mm -hmm. and have compassion mm -hmm. for them. And I think it was in, it's in Hebrews in the Christian uh, Testament. And it talks about one of the things about the high priests. And it said those high priests, had to, they were in a very s special place. To be called, it wasn't something that they would choose. They had to know what it felt like for the people they were going to come alongside. They had to repent for their own sins and their own whatever they've done and to have an understanding of the people that they were going to represent and, mm -hmm. and care for. I think that this is absolutely profoundly true. And so we've seen, not in a religious sense, but we've seen how that works and how some of these, here we're sitting with someone. Mm -hmm. She does so much, such good things now out of this thing that could have been so destructive, it was. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and and for her, there is a spiritual side to this no too. Question. I know, as in mm -hmm. knowing her. Let's come back to that. You've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to The Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Uh, in our last segment, uh, Aloha Levy, caregiver, uh, was sharing with us the process that she's gone through, and I, I won't go into all of it, but just the journey she's been on from, from the pain and regret she had of not responding to uh, her mother as her mother was dying until the very end, and how she has come through that with an integrity and is able now to care and love and finds it very fulfilling, much happier with who she is. She's able to share this with others in a very meaningful way. 
And at the very end, we were talking about how there is in this a spiritual side uh, to this journey. Uh, how we often talk, Peter talks, we often talk about how good can come from very painful, difficult, bad situations mm -hmm. that then allows us, enables us to help others going through the same situations. Yeah. We can come alongside them. It gives us an empathy and a sensitivity that we might not be able to get any other way. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to return to that. Yeah. And um, you said it beautifully. I don't think anybody who works at our institute hasn't had a bad past. I haven't met a first responder or caregiver that doesn't have traumatic past. Mm -hmm. I haven't met an empathic type person that hasn't had trauma in their past. There seems to, as you get to know people and you see they have a certain kind of empathy, they're drawn to certain kind of people, they can do things that other people can't. You gotta wonder, where's that come from? Is that just magic out of there? No. They've been through a lot themselves. And, and I think uh, they've been broken. I, I would have absolutely to say broken. That, and when I say broken, the, the, I had to come to a place where I realized that I was lacking so much, and um, I wanted, I wanted so much to see a better side to myself. I wanted to feel it. I didn't want to just go through the motions of it and perform it. I wanted it to be very genuine. Mm. But I I was definitely broken. And it wasn't just Lynn's comment to me. It was a series of different things. And, and this whole process that I had to go through didn't happen overnight. Okay. It was a very, it was a long, many years process that that took time for me to uh, to work through. Well, you're saying it in a beautiful way, really personal way. But I've talked to caregivers, nurses, doctors, first responders. It's interesting. The, the friends of mine, they all have this heart, and they've all been broken. Um, and if you look at them, they don't look broken, but they have been. And they always say the same thing to me. You can be a first responder, you can be a nurse, but unless, and it's not just how much knowledge and training you have, it's what you have inside here that really counts. Mm -hmm. How many nurses have we seen that you'd rather have them go someplace else instead of taking care of you because they may have the knowledge, but they're so cold and cut off and horrible. For those who are listening, Peter pointed to his heart. It's what's in your heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, Big Steve, is a nurse, too. He looks like Mr. Clean, muscle bound. He's one of the best nurses I've ever seen. <laughs> and he has that heart, although when you look at him, he could scare you. But he really does. And we had to talk about it. And uh, he loves my wife, and he's known her since she was in the hospital. That's where we met him. And he came to visit us a couple of, it was a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And he just stopped at the door and watched, it was Haloa, mm -hmm. taking care of Lynn. Mm -hmm. And he melted, I watched him. And he's, and later on he says that, what you're doing is the way that people should be treated as they're going, not in a hospital, dying in a hospital, yeah. where everything is so clinical and sterile. Not mm -hmm. the place for end of life. No, and he says, what you're doing is just so right. Mm -hmm. And he said it was, so, and then he was, I was outside, and he's a pretty tough guy. <laughs> to say the least. But what was interesting is, is he was he took care of his grandfather. And he said he was there for him right to his last breath. Mm. And he loved his grandfather. And he began to cry. Mm. And um, to see Big Steve cry, that's an experience you gotta see. Because this is one big guy. 
mm-hmm. and he's a lovely guy. He's been wonderful to a friend. He's been wonderful to Lynn. But I think he knows what really matters. And he says the nurses that have it upstairs here are really smart, but don't have the heart to care and to give. Mm-hmm. Better to find somebody else. He was right. I've talked to first responders. Uh, a guy who was a captain for years and had a lot of experience. I was talking to him yesterday. He said the same thing. He said people who come out of school and they have it all up here and all the training. He was talking about the Vietnam era, the people who came out of the service uh, could get good jobs as first responders. Mm-hmm. But he said they didn't really a lot of times have the heart mm-hmm. of caring. And he says they really, to him, they aggravated him. He didn't like it. Because they've got to have that deeper sense of caring. And these are first responders. These are the tough guys. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone I know, and I've known Navy SEALs, same, the people we know, same thing. Mm-hmm. Their armor is, they're warriors, and yet their heart is the same. Mm. Hello is expressing the same thing. Um, not all people have the integrity that Haloa does, or, or a lot of our friends, or, or the people at our institute, including, including the lady who cleans the place. She's an angel. Esperanza. Esperanza. She could, she she's a nut. Are everybody there. Uh, <laughs> Kirsten, who does the book, little she young Kirsten. Yep. Everybody is like this. Yep. And you can feel it. There's a love and an appreciation, a selflessness and a caring. Mm-hmm. Money isn't everything. It's caring mm-hmm. and doing good things for people who really need it. Mm-hmm. It's a remarkable experience. really is for me, too. And it's, it's been a turnaround in my life for a long time now. But Hello is part of that. And she's talking about what happened to her. How she, she was broken. Yes, how she... she mm-hmm. I hear that you wanted to have that kind of heart. Part mm-hmm. of you did. Oh, yeah. But how to get there, how to bring that out, how to be able to cultivate that in yourself, that that has been the real challenge the real you said like it, it not overnight it hasn't happened overnight no. but you wanted that no. for you mm-hmm. absolutely well I, and i i could feel the lack of um any kind of real love and genuineness in me and i just i yep i knew i wanted it i wanted to get there was the hard part yeah, yeah. It was and it took you being broken yeah and feeling such pain and remorse and regret. Well, it's, you know, the whole process of, of caregiving has been so valuable to me in that respect, in that it it's confronted me, uh, Lynn confronted me openly, and I'm grateful that she did because it was the turning point that I needed. And from there... I have had to really look at myself, and I've had to really dig deep. Mm, um, what you do. So is there a spirit, we were talking, just uh, just touching on a spiritual side to this. Is there a spiritual side to this for you? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm amazed uh, because I pray, and, and I very often will, you know, be driving to work, and I'll be conscious of the fact that I need to be present with Lynn. I am going to walk in, do my job for six hours, and um, I want to be connected with her. Um, I also know that it can be very tiring at Mm, times. It is. And um, And distressing. Yes, it can be very distressing to see um, 
I mean, I can say that I, I grieve the process that Lynn is going through and what I see in, in her decline. But at the same time, I also know that mm. she appreciates what I'm capable of giving to mm. her yes. now and yeah. today, and that she is just, she'll say thank you, you know, and, and she's usually only able to say one word or two two words she used to say thank you all the time and it was just it always touched my heart she was always so grateful for everything we did and i know she can't speak as much hardly at all anymore right and when i hear her say those words it's just it's it melts you it is she said to me the other night and it shouldn't say much to me anymore she said she whispered i couldn't she said good for you and you know what it i it just melted me on the spot did i wasn't sure what she was referring to But the way she says it. it. It probably, although the words are good, it was probably the feeling that she wanted you to have. Yeah. Oh, how yeah. she wanted to And she's always you. been like that, of course, when she was healthy and well. And she's always been very supportive. But here we're sitting here today. And we do need to wrap it up. Okay. And I think this is a good wrap. Okay. Is that the way Hello is talking, <coughs> and she writes, and the way this thing has gone today, um, is so genuine and heartfelt. It's almost a different channel than just what's up in your head. Absolutely. And it's so touching to see what it takes, what people go through to become that their better selves and to fulfill the purpose to put on this earth to fulfill. Um, you see what people have to go through. They do have to go through difficulty and suffering and pain mm-hmm. to find that resilience and hope. And you're here you are. She's not a done product. I mean, I she's doing it now. But what we're sitting here is so touching to just listen to her talk because she talks from her heart, from true experience. There's an integrity to it. It would be hard, this is my take, and it would probably be hard for Haloa to be around people who are phonies now and are... She'd maybe perform- say herself, you being a phony. Or they're performing and she, they're trying to get her sucked into that old way. Yeah. I will bet you anything. <laughs> Her reaction to that one would be, no, thank you. (laughs) Where before, that was where she used to live. So there's been a great change. And I think it is spiritual. And I read the papers that she's written. I think they're very touching. And she says, thank goodness, a couple of times. And I'm thinking to myself, she doesn't mean thank goodness. She means thank God for for what has happened, what's been happening for her. And thank God for the work she's doing. It is so meaningful. She's here today. She's writing a post that 300 words can nail it and touch people's hearts. Here she's doing today. All of the years, all the experiences have gone into those 300 words. Mm-hmm. You could not begin to describe everything that went into what you She's way beyond the competitive field anymore. Yes. This is who she is today. Yeah. And who can compete with her? Mm-hmm. This is the woman she's become. So for her, 80 years old doesn't mean she's getting old. It means she's getting better. She's a late bloomer. She, oh, I'm a late that's bloomer. That's what my mother used to say. My mother says, hello is definitely a late bloomer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. You're and you know what? Alone. It's a pleasure for all of us to see. And we're all on the same track and not exactly in the same place. But we're all givers and we're all caregivers and caring. And we want to do what we're put on this earth to do. Become the person, person we're meant to be. And that means we're going to face difficulties and the difficult conditions of life and not running away. It's the only way we grow as people. And that's what we're doing. Yep. 
and at points we're going to be hurting because of it. I, I'm looking at you, and I know you're going through a lot. Not bad, but you're hurting, and I know it. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm looking at her, and this is a sweet, loving woman who also does some beautiful work to help people. Mm -hmm. But she's hurting. You won't. Mm -hmm. She won't stay that way. But it's part of the process. It's part mm -hmm. of the process, and, and I welcome it. And do. she does a beautiful job with it, and, and so do I. For myself, I get broken constantly. But instead of being crushed, broken, and down and out, it's like, okay, now the way is cleared for the next step up. Yeah. So what looked like a destroyer turns out to be the opposite. Turns yeah. out to be opportunities. That's, that's, yeah. that's and, and to me, amazing. I hope people get that message. Mm -hmm. If you're down, that doesn't mean you're out. Yeah. And just keep hanging there and know that there's going to be a better day and there is hope. Mm. And here sits this person, yeah. this person, our, myself, Steve, we've had guests on, our institute, our, our uh, nonprofit, and this, this broadcast is touching people all over the world. I'm so keep your chin up. I'm going to sign off. The Survivor's Guide to Life is made possible through a grant from Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity that re relies entirely on donations from people like you, and I hope if we've been a benefit to you today that you'll go to sctraumatreatment.org and donate. Also, please go to the Bernstein Institute Facebook page. You'll see the posts that Haloa has written, and uh, you'll have a chance to really hear her words and see what she has, has put forth of great value. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Bernstein and I can be reached at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Thank you for listening.